0: Because I feel like a lot of these books just break down the instrument. Oh, here's the history of the instrument. Here's a fingering chart. Here's pieces you should play. Okay, we're gonna move on to the next instrument. But I feel like they're not really teaching you how to teach the instrument.
1: All right, welcome back to Run the Layers. I'm your host, Creative Bobby. And on this episode, I have music educator, Supreme Kalem Graham here. Kalem, how are you doing, sir?
0: I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: It's always a pleasure to have people that I know on is doing great things to get their take on creativity. And what I want to start here with you is... When you think creativity, what does it mean to you and how are you using it in your life?
0: Well, creativity means to me, it's like unlocking those parts of the brain you never knew you could use. Mm. It's really expanding your mind to the limits of what you didn't know you can do. Being in music, there's lots of ways to be creative. You can look at jazz groups and how you improv and how their music in it, this setup is so much different than your traditional classic setting. Or even in our marching band world, creativity, the field shows, the music, the creativity and arranging. So creativity surrounds me every day mm. in my profession. Yeah, You'd be out here
1: arranging, conducting the people like like what like what's the favorite part of your day?
0: Being on the podium. Mm. Being on the podium is definitely. My favorite part of the day being being able to conduct. I I, I use myself. I treat myself like I'm an EQ and on on a system, mm. like controlling the levels of who should sound in the foreground, who should be in the background, who should be in the middle ground. You know, do you want too many highs, too many lows? Like you're you're adjusting your stereo system. It's mm. like you get to create that push and pull with the band to make them sound a certain way. Mm that's that's dope that's dope and having that
1: having that control and seeing yourself as that is really cool because like music just it's so fantastic to get like a group of people on one accord and you being the one up there that's that's trying to shepherd them to where like everybody is heard and everything is in its proper place and there's a balance to it and stuff like that because I know like people's taste in band can be different. Like some people have different wants as far as like sound. Some people like, like a uh, edgier sound. Some people like a more round sound. Like for me, like I like a full sound, but give get me that, give me that gumption, you know, but I don't want it to the point where it's like, I, I feel like I'm being accosted by the sound. Like I want it to be, I want it, I want it to be a good experience for me, but I also want that power and like striking that balance and getting and getting buy-in to want that balance is definitely,
0: I feel like would probably be an interesting challenge. But you know what? I'm noticing that a lot of our larger bands are moving towards that. And I don't even think they realize it. Mm-hmm. A lot of that edgy in your face tone is starting to die out. Now, some of these small bands don't realize it, but the larger bands are, are definitely starting to pull back and round a little bit, in my opinion. And I think that's really cool considering where a, a lot of them came from or what some of the legacies are that some of these bands leave They're known for that that power and that volume. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now you're getting arrangements that reflect that roundness. So everyone can't just be at their fortissimo an mm-hmm. entire song and pianissimo
1: there's more there's more dynamic ranges there and i like like even bands that usually like way back in the day was not about that now seeing like a lot more like attention to dynamic range as well as like uh more of a focus on the field show i feel like there are some bands that back in the day would be called stand bands that now are actually like looking to Had perform well on the field and and then even beyond that more schools actually focusing in on concert and symphonic band and seeing the value there because I feel like sometimes people get one I feel like sometimes that is an indicator of how a band is going to sound in a marching band setting like what's what is the importance they put on concert and symphonic and actually, like, teaching and, and learning the instrument. And I feel like that's reflected in a lot of band programs once you see them in the fall.
0: Very true. Very true. But I also feel like there's a field show renaissance going on. You, you start to see a, a new generation of directors come forward. And there seems to be a lot more emphasis in the field show, I think, the last few years. And there has been probably in the last 10, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some bands have really been that catalyst to be like, "Our, our field show has always been the forefront. This is what the people come to see. So we're gonna make it as special as possible. And some people are like, well, they came to see us in the stands and play. So this is what we're gonna make important. But now we're starting to see that renaissance of creative field shows again. Mm -hmm. school's not just playing the same things over and over again you know i think it's cool when southern would would drill and put the halftime score on the field Mm -hmm. you know just that leads back to that creativity Mm -hmm. you know of of how do you get your people in place with that score within minutes of having to do it Mm -hmm. that was pretty i
1: remember i remember those videos like how in the world Like, on the spot like that. Like, that is dope. That is dope. So, speaking of creating, what is your favorite creation by someone else? And what's your favorite creation by you?
0: Hmm. My favorite creation. I'm going to give a musical one and a non-musical one. Okay. It's going to seem... Cliche, but Beethoven's progressions of his first five symphonies are amazing to me. Mm. Just of his growth, his structure. Um, You know, he hadn't quite gone deaf yet, so he was kind of still at his peak, but constantly evolving. More out of the classical era and more into that, the beginnings of the romantic. Mm. And I think just being prominent enough to not rest on his laurels of, well, this is what everyone else is doing right now. So let me do what they're doing. Instead, you know, I'm going to change the format of a symphony. I'm not gonna do a minuet, I'm gonna do a scherzo. I want a fast dance, you know, and just creating beautiful works of art. Mm. I think another creative, beautiful piece of work, give me a Nissan Skyline, (laughs) just the way it's built from engine to body, (laughs) the way they make it sleek and aerodynamic fitting twin turbos into a four cylinder engine. (laughs) It takes a lot of work to craft a vehicle Mm. and many years to, to get it right with the drafting to the body style, making sure you're staying within legal boundaries of where you're shipping and where you're manufacturing. And I think, it's just one of the most beautiful cars ever made. Mm, you got, you got a
1: diversity of, of interest there. You take it from Beethoven, I'm talking about cars. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like, and it's like, it, it feeds into the idea of the show is like creativity is everywhere. It's you're you, like, people are using it even when you don't see it. And then people are using it when you're taking advantage of it. Cause like, like, unless you're into car, like you being into a car, you're going to think about it differently than somebody who just was, this is something I drive and I'm just focused on this and this like, and then Beethoven, like first off the historical piece of it. And then the musical piece of it, it's like an appreciation. And everybody has those things in their life that they're going to appreciate more than the average person because they're in tune to that frequency they're in tune to what that is and what it took to do that like you were talking about with the cars like the thing it takes to do that like the time it takes to do that the thought it takes to do that and then on top of the creativity of it oh this has to actually be able to be driven on a road like (laughs) because there's a lot of cars that there's a lot of people that want to design cars and stuff like that but there are some, some parameters that have to be (laughs) met before you can put that out to market. So I think that's, that's, that's a dope range of favorite creations. So what about favorite creation by you? What's your favorite creation that you've done?
0: My favorite creation is probably an arrangement. Hmm. When I was an undergrad, I did a lot of writing with one of my, uh, Section Brothers, and we would tag team and write stuff, especially when we would do Hondas and things like that. It would be mostly us writing these shows. And. My favorite arrangement that we did was Bell Bib DeVoe's When Will I See You Smile Again? And mm. mm. I remember I spent a good month writing this one song just to get it right to where it had the sound i was looking for to match the players we were going to have performing it mm. and it just i just put a lot of work into it to you know we played it at one of those hondas we were at so many the years kind of run together <laughs> but uh it was just a, a really nice moment a really a piece that took me out of my comfort zone. Mm. Mm. That's big.
1: Something to take you out of your comfort zone. That's that's big. One, you got to be brave enough to get out there. And then looking back, you're like, wow, that great thing happened when I got outside the comfort zone. So, like, and man, I that song. Yeah. The first time I heard a band play that song, I was like, oh, okay. I see. That is... That is a song that a band should absolutely be playing. Because I was like, this is fantastic. And Virginia State was always in Honda. Like, it was just V-State going to Honda, put it on the calendar. They're going to be there. The rest of y'all might not be there, but V-State going to be there. That's just how that's going to go.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, nine straight I- years. Mm-hmm.
1: Nine- you said nine straight? Goodness gracious. Nine straight yep.
0: Nice. From 2004 to 2012, 13, something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's when they still did, like, by conference, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And then <clears throat> when they started switching it up is when we weren't making it as much. Because, I mean,
1: C-I-A-A, like, come on now. It wasn't, come on now. It was, V-State got to be there, you know. That's just, Virginia State got to be there, you know what I'm saying? The Trojan Explosion. I don't even ever told you this, but that's, like, one of my favorite band names. Like, the first time, I think I was in high school when I first heard of Virginia State, and you know, I was like, the Trojan Explosion, that's dope. That is really dope. Because, like, like, just band names or some band names that stuck to me more than others, I think it was like watching that VHS tape, because I think Virginia State was in that Durham Battle of the Bands. We were 2001. Yeah. I remember watching that tape at band camp in 02. Man,
0: because I had a uh, right next to you guys.
1: I had a uh, Christy, Christy Walker on. And we were talking about like back in the day and how it's like kids is spoiled now because they got the 4K you know what I'm saying? High definition band clips on YouTube and all that. It's like, man, please, I got I got shelves of VHSs at the house just shelling <laughs> of the classic stuff. But that's and I'm always I'm always like and arranging is always something that's fascinated me because it's like like you getting to take a piece of art that's already in the world and then not only put your own take on it but then figure out how to write it to where you maximize the instrumentation that's at your disposal so it's like it's it's so many different like parts of your brain that you have to like get the create you have to be creative on how you arrange it and how you make certain things sound how you use the instrumentation that you have but then also okay let's make sure there's sheet music is in a, in a fashion to where you will be, the kids will be able to understand it, be able to perform it, execute it. And then with you getting on the podium, now you're teaching it and making sure that they're understanding everything and how all the different sections fit together.
0: That's always been very fascinating to me. It's like writing a song and then turning around and teaching it. It's like making a puzzle that you have to put together yourself. And you got to make all the pieces fit.
1: And they all got to fit. And then folks going to try to come in there and then, I'm going to take this up. No, you're not. Because that's not, (laughs) I didn't write that piece. So you ain't going to just throw your own little made up piece that you made up on the way in in this puzzle right here. All this got to fit together.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a structure. Mm -hmm. Got to fit in the structure. Mm. That's right. That's right.
1: So my final two questions for you are what's something you've wanted to create but haven't yet and what's
0: stopping you from doing it? I've always wanted to create a series of books that teach undergraduate music majors not only how to play all the instruments, but the nuances of each instrument that they'll run into to where they're better equipped to teach like a middle school band. Mm. So like a book on each major instrument um, just for, you know, every music major has to take a methods course of woodwind, brass, strings, percussion. But making books dedicated to those instrument families so it's not just oh well I learned how to play clarinet I know how to I know how to do a scale I can play it but more so like my sixth graders are gonna have trouble going over the break here's here's a way of how to teach that so you get better um, a better response out of your students and they're not frustrated mm. you know you may run into this issue this is what you should do this is what's going to happen with your students this is how you should teach it. Cause I feel like a lot of these books just break down the instrument. Oh, here's the history of the instrument. Here's a fingering chart. Here's pieces you should play. Okay. We're going to move on to the next instrument, but I feel like they're not really teaching you how to teach the instrument mm. and it's more trial and error than anything for us. But I, I want to create a series of books to help the young educator you know, coming into their first couple years of teaching and have a better understanding of how the instruments in their band is going to function and how they can overcome problems that they may see. Mm. So what's stopping that from happening? Well, I want to finish this degree first, (laughs) but I want to also bring experts on those instruments in Mm. and have everyone like, okay, you've been playing trumpet for 20 years. Tell me your take on what you would want a first year teacher to know about teaching the trumpet. Mm. So it's not just necessarily me talking about my experiences, but getting real players on these instruments, real educators to talk about their own major instruments and what pitfalls can be avoided in teaching them. Mm. Yeah, you gotta do that. I need yeah,
1: you gotta do that. I need that. Yeah, the so
0: when are you gonna finish this this degree here? It's, it's... Well, I'm currently working on my dissertation. Mm. I'm working on my first, well my technically my third chapter, but I'm doing my literature review first of gathering just all the information and studying it and writing about it. So I'm hoping within the next year, year and a half, Lord willing, I'll be finished with the document and I can move forward. Mm. Nice. So I try to set myself up with a writing schedule. Mm. Sometimes it's hard. It's hard to put yourself into writing and reading. So mm. like I try to do a minimum of 30 minutes a day of nothing, but just typing mm. or reading One of the two, you know, you know, if you can do both, great. But if it it takes me the whole time to read through an article to get an understanding with it, that's how I'll spend my 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's like you can write more if you're in a groove. Go perfect. But no matter what, 30 minutes set aside of just focusing on writing. Mm -hmm. And that's been big, just helping me just chip away at everything. Instead of trying to block out large chunks of time, like, okay, I'm gonna take two hours to write, you're gonna get distracted. Your phone's gonna buzz. Uh, You're gonna get a notification that catches your eye. You're gonna have all these types of distractions um, that are gonna slow you down, but it's easier to avoid them when you do it in smaller chunks. Mm. And you might be like
1: looking at the watch, like, man, I must have been doing this. For two hours and you look at it, 15
0: minutes, what in the world? <laughs> I always set myself a timer. Mm-hmm. So I set myself a 30 minute timer. And when it goes off, I kind of see where I'm at mentally. Mm. And I push forward and keep riding. Or do I feel like, oh, I, I think I need a break. Mm. And plus good. what having the timer does is every time I get the urge to look at my phone, the first thing that pops up is that timer It's like, oh, all right, okay. Go back to writing. <laughs> that reminder. You're still in that time frame. You got to focus. Mm. Yeah, it can it can be hard for some people to to
1: focus, but doing that consistent, having it timed, and then being consistent with it. So you know you're like chipping away at it, and you know like making sure that you're because the, the consistency is what's first. And I think a lot of people kind of shoot themselves in the foot on that when they're trying to like start any habit or get any big project done. They're always like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write something. All right. So I'm gonna take three hours every day and I'm gonna write and it's gonna be great. And they like go super big, they miss it one time and then they get discouraged and they're like, well then and then they can fall off of it. Because people think like, oh, it everything has to be a grand gesture to get anything done. Like a lot of things a lot of epic things happen with just a bunch of little steps and you're just doing it so consistently that that becomes part, it becomes part of what you do. Like, it's like, okay, this is just what I do. And then once you get it to that level, then your productivity skyrockets because it's like, Oh, this is, I do this a half hour every day. Like, this is just what I do. It's not a, am I going to do this? It's just, Oh, this is just what I do. Like, this is, it's just a part of my day. This is how I do it. This block of time is already mapped out, already set aside. I do it, and then boom. And then you accumulate over time. It's like um, I read this book, uh, *Atomic Habits* by James Clear, and he talks about uh, how to build habits. Like people who are like, people are like, I want to meditate, so I want to have a, a meditation practice. And then people end up saying, I'm gonna meditate for an hour every single day. And he's like, No. You, you start with the smallest amount of time that you can do consistently every day. Even if you have to set a two-minute timer, you're going to meditate for two minutes every day. You do that consistently for some weeks, then you bump it up to five. You do that for some time. Then you bump it up to 10. And then you get into the point where this is just what you do. Now, if you want to extend it or make it longer or go to another level, you can do that. But it's a really good book and it's like it's helped me and like i i see that you're you're enacting that with you know with your writing and reading it's like this is just what i do and it's a part of you know
0: how i'm going to get to where i want to get to so i think that's really dope you got to man you got to set goals you got to make them realistic or you could find yourself getting burned out really fast mm. caleb I want to thank you for
1: coming on this podcast, dropping these gems, letting the people know what's going on. So what are some things you're working on right now? How can the people find
0: you on social media? Let the people know. Well, you can find me on social media on Facebook, uh, Kalem Graham. Um, Look for me just straight up there. That's really the only social media I use currently is Facebook. Mm. Um, Right now... It's, it's looking towards homecoming, Oh yeah. We're planning the homecoming show and getting things written and done for that. So that's like our next biggest step. If if we have a homecoming, Lord willing, we still have a homecoming. Listen, panorama out here wildly. Yeah, I'm starting to see stuff getting canceled already. So this will actually be the first time I'll attend my alma mater's homecoming in about who since 2013? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm excited about that, being able to reconnect with people and be back on the yard and see how the band's doing. That'll be good. That'll be dope. That'll be dope. Yeah. I needed to take a little hiatus because I've been going every year and I was like, I need to, I need to miss it. Because mm. before it just came like, yeah, you have seen everybody every year yeah, you're doing the same stuff every year. And it's like, well, it's all about reunions and bringing people back together. And it's like, is it really a reunion? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm still seeing these people. <laughs> so yeah. I, I wanted to take a five-year break. That ended in 2017. <laughs> <clears throat> so now we're here and I'm going to make my triumphant return. Absolutely. You're going to pop up there like Goldberg with the, with the, with the pyro. (laughs) As soon as I walk in the music building, (laughs) this this theme music playing, everyone's like, what is going on? Police escort and everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, thanks again for coming on the pod. And thank y'all for listening. Make sure you share it, you subscribe to it with a five-star review. And remember, as you go along in life, teach as you learn and inspire as you do. See y'all next time.